turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. We have arrived at the end of the week. Kath, how are you today? Well, I'm just fine. I mean, it's very warm and I'm not complaining about it because I complained for about three straight years while it was winter. Yeah. And I'm not going to do that today, even though it is very hot. Mm -hmm. I'm good with it. Very nice. May I be the first one? I mean, is it too soon? No, no. I don't know if it's too soon. I mean, the last couple perfect, weeks. Perfect. The last couple weeks, you've thought that I've forgotten. I think a couple times you did. I don't think I ever forgot. Anyway, I think it might be the time for me to tell you. Yes. Your weekend has begun. Ah, yes. It's five minutes past the four o'clock hour on a Friday afternoon. Truly, all is right and well, at least in this corner of the world. Mm-hmm. It is Friday. The weekend is here. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a weird weekend because the 4th of July is the middle of the week next right. week. Which is hard because you don't really know what to do. Do you take the whole week off? Who's taking the do whole you... week off? Well, I... Seriously. Well, clearly I'm not taking the whole week off. No. I'm not taking any of the week off, except we're not here Wednesday. We're taking 4th of July off. Gladly. You have a picnic plan? I thought maybe you were inviting me over. I'm not. <gasps> no. Mike, did he invite you over? Yeah. Mm. See? Mike, thanks a lot for this. I knew it. Thanks a lot for that. Sorry. I knew that after our... I can't lie. After our evening at a train in Holland Oats. Mm. But you know what? This is a one-time thing. I had to separate after that. <laughs> I just had enough of you. I'm done. That's sad. It's okay. No, I don't no, have no. anything planned for the 4th of July. No, no picnics or anything. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. Huh. I have a new grill. Oh, do you? I have a new grill. Nice. A propane grill? It was purchased by my husband while I was away last week. That's crazy. That's unlike your husband. It was sitting in my living room with a big bow on it when I got back. Really? That is awesome. Yes. It is a Traeger. It is is a pellet-fired grill. What's that mean? Pellet fire. Run, runs by wood pellets. Really? Not by gas. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a smoker mm-hmm. and a griller. Whoa. Oh, that's nice. And it's ha- supposed to be awesome. Have you used it yet? No. In fact, tomorrow's the debut. Nice. You're going to fire up what? Uh, I'm going to do salmon. Oh, la di da. Well. No, seriously. I mean, when you're married to a vegetarian. Of course. I mean, yeah, no, I it's not like I'm going to put, you know. A rack of ribs. Exactly. Because that would. No, that's bad. First of all, you imagine how that would smell. Mm, but that it would smells just, delicious. Yeah, but smell. I just feel guilty. My husband would be dying. Now, oh. are you going to grill in the off season? I Well, I hope to grill in the off season, like the but I don't have a good. Platform? No. Oh. I don't have a good platform and I don't have a good place. Like if no. I had a oh, nice. air. You know my house. There's no good place We got a really nice backyard. Yeah, but there's. But it's. Far away from my house, so like when you're grilling and running you need back, to go and back, and forth, and forth, back and that forth, that just yeah, makes yeah. it you know unwieldy. Yeah, we used to have a good place. 
than you, we did. You did used to have a good place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And that's not happening. The remodeling anymore. hasn't gone so well. Not too well. No, no. We're a little problem. So you're there. doing a lot of grilling out there this year? Uh, absolutely no, no, no. Actually, I've got a rowboat out there. Okay, good. Yeah. That's good. All right, you can't grill in the rowboat. You cannot. Okay, so July fourth coming up. Um, it's also National Camera Day. Nice National. Now uh, that's really odd that it's National Camera Day because you know everyone's camera now is their phone. Right. But there was a time when you know when you got a camera, it was a big deal. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Do you remember your first camera? I remember the first one that I was allowed to use. To touch. Right. Mm -hmm. And my dad allowed me to take it on a trip, on a a church trip I went on without supervision, which was a big deal. Must have been serious. a Yashica. Yashica. I know the Yashicas. Uh Uh-huh. Really? Uh Uh-huh. It was a Yashica. I don't remember the model. But it was that classic old school look with the silver on top mm-hmm. and the black on the. You know uh-huh. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I had about. a Minolta. It was, uh, it was an SLR. Yeah. yeah, and I felt super grown up. Of course you did. Mm-hmm. What about you? Your first camera? Well, uh, the first camera was the Kodak Instamatic. Oh. Well, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, that's you know, that's a beginner camera. No, you're right. I did have that. <laughs> Fixed I forgot lens. About that. Right. Then I moved to the 110. Remember the 110s? They were the little tiny. Yeah, things. they were the little skinnies. Mm-hmm. Then miracle, with the flat with the flash cube. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cube. Mm-hmm. Then miracle of all miracles, uh, we had a Polaroid, which I loved. Isn't the miracle, that the, the dumbest camera? And the no, fact that no, they're no, back. No, 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 no it's so no, dumb. It's not the dumbest. It is so it's, dumb. It's, I love it. It's unbelievably uh, I, dumb. I love a Polaroid. No. I had an SX seventy at one point, which was like unbelievable. Edwin Land. The why genius. do you think that's a good camera? I mean, why do you think that's a good thing? It's so. It's so. Well, in the in the. In the era of pre, you know, smartphones, to see your photograph immediately. Right, I know, but then it was gonna. Then it instantly starts fading as no, it soon doesn't. as it's printed. No, it no, does. No, it they does certainly did not. I've Polaroids. Pol- you don't say the Polaroids. I have Polaroids fade. that still exist. For, okay, from if, thirty if years ago. If you have ago. kept them in like black cases in black rooms. Well, in black I don't houses. Know. I've got them in my photos. I mean, they're not like sitting in the sunlight with my copper tone. Do you they, still use it? Uh, no. No, of course not. Uh-huh. You know why? Because it was dumb. No, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. No, it was a miracle. Those. Oh, okay. exactly. Oh, come on, you Any guys. Any right-thinking person would love an instamatic camera. I just think they're camera. really cool. They are very cool, Mike. Thank you. Okay. Instant camera. So Very's then, okay, I got my first real camera. I was obsessed with photography in 1973. I used my paperboy Christmas money, and I went downtown to the Iben and Ear, to Iben and mm. Ear, uh, which was a department store downtown, and I bought, after careful research, a Minolta SRT 101 mm. with a 50 millimeter lens for the princely sum of $179.50. Wow. My dad took me downtown. I was so excited. That is really cool. Yeah. So the, the camera. That yeah. is really cool. Right. So now, though, uh, don't you love your smartphone camera? Yes, but now I got to be honest with you. I'm in this horrible place where people should never be, where their kid has a nicer phone than they do. Yeah, that should never be allowed. I don't pay attention to that. It's horrible. My my kid has a nicer phone. Really? Then I. What kind of camera does she have? She has the eight S plus. Oh, that's a nice camera. It's a much nicer camera than the one we have. So when I see pictures that are taken on her camera, you have camera envy. I do, Mm -hmm. but I have a really nice camera. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Not so much the camera; it's the eye. Well, that's true, but it does help to have a nice camera. Of course, it does. Sure. Yeah, I, the camera I have right now, I think, is my favorite camera I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I really love it a lot. So on National Camera Day, I we salute, salute you. it. I salute the uh, Fujifilm XT10, George Eastman, which is my favorite camera. Very nice. Okay, what's the show look like today? Well, the show looks—I mean, it looks pretty good. But I wanted to tell you something before tell we me. started talking about that. I wanted to tell you about the most photographed places in North America. 
Oh. I mean, it was National Camera Day. Okay, let me guess. Uh, well, the okay. most photographed place? No, no, I mean, the, here's the thing. They are not in order. Oh. They're just, these are all of these are all of them. I'm just going to guess. A couple places. Okay, now this, keep in mind, this includes Canada. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Uh, then Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls is one of them. Uh, the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon is one of them. The uh, Statue of Liberty. Uh, Statue of Liberty is not one of them. Mm, the um, uh, the San Francisco Bay Bridge. Uh, no. <sighs> really, Disneyland. Here's the thing. You who? <laughs> I was like thinking Mount Rushmore. South exactly. Dakota. I think that's a better. I don't guess. think so. I, mean, I think probably yeah. Disneyland is more photographed than Mount yeah, Rushmore. I don't think. Uh, you want me to just tell you the other ones so that I can save you some pain? Because <laughs> if you went to Disney World, I feel like we're. Uh, this is strange, but with all the lights, the strip in Las Vegas. Oh, I can see that. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Grand Canyon. Uh, Yosemite Valley. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Yosemite? I have not. Mike? No, never. Wouldn't you love to go? Loved. Yeah, What about go. if the three of us went? The, I, Only well, I would if do that. John brings his uh, instant Pol- Polaroid his picture. Polaroid. My SX-70. Yeah, yes. let's, yeah. Take yeah. Some Fabulous. Pol- let's take for sure some Polaroid <laughs> yeah. pictures of Yosemite. You know what we need? We need someone like a, a travel agent to sponsor the show. The Ride Home, sponsored by K and L. We really could use that. Denali National Park in Alaska. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. The Space Needle in Seattle. Sure, of course. I can see that. Uh, you said Niagara Falls, mm. which is spectacular. Peggy's Cove Lighthouse in Nova Scotia. I have no idea what oh, that is. Oh, that's such a beautiful. If you really? saw it, I bet you'd recognize it. Is it black and white? No. Here, I'm going to show it to you right now. Does that look familiar? Oh, sure. That's beautiful. Home of Sidney Crosby. <laughs> what? In Nova Scotia? Yeah. Really? Uh, Jelly Bean Row in Newfoundland. What Come the on. heck is yeah. that? That's, oh, Come on. Don't That's you know, like, I mean, I've never been there, but it's like, you've, have you never no, seen that? never. Oh. No. Okay. I'm waiting for Disney World. <laughs> uh, Moraine Lake, Alberta. What are these Canadian things? Did I not say at the Canada? beginning? Did, did I not say at the say beginning? That, Remember, these, this is North America, so these are, these are Canada, too. What, Saskatchewan let, Moosehead. That's not, I said North America. Canada's beautiful, though. You can't knock Canada. I'm not knocking Canada. It sounds like you're knocking Canada. No, I'm just saying that, you know, most photographed places. Who's going to Canada? I, now you need a passport. Well, Canada. first off, all the Canadians. Well, you need a passport to go to Canada now. Well, not you if you're you a Canadian. All you need is a hockey stick and a hockey puck. They'll let you in. <laughs> And you have to not think concussions are any big deal. True. Clearly. All right. right, Coming up on today's show, July 4th is uh, just a few days away. Mm -hmm. And so our question is, should we sing patriotic songs in church? Our guest is Richard Mao, former president of Fuller Theological Seminary. He's on deck. He's next. Oh, we're giving away free stuff as well. Oh, yeah. Free stuff at the bottom of the hour, 425 and 455. Pirate tickets, Idlewild tickets, Washington Wild Things tickets. camera (laughs) tickets. We're not giving away Polaroid cameras. Stop it, man. Edwin Land. 101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. Solomon says that wisdom is something we should be grateful for because it gives perspective to us. And wisdom helps us to understand that prosperity is not the end all of everything. That if you have prosperity and you don't have the wisdom to enjoy it, you're better off to be poor. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Searching for Heaven on Earth, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Imagine a politician saying this today. I have wondered at times what the Ten Commandments would have looked like if Moses had run them through the U.S. Congress. That's a quote from Ronald Reagan. He showed us through his life, his faith, and with his words that Judeo-Christian values and principles matter. You can help spread the legacy of Ronald Reagan, and you can do it by getting a Reagan email address. 
Right now, if you have a Gmail, AOL, Yahoo, or other big tech company email address, you help them market their service with every email you send. In return, they can scan your emails and target you with unwanted advertising. Thanks to our sponsor, ReaganPrivacy.com, you can instead share the Reagan name with every email you send. And they won't scan your emails, they'll leave you alone. Get an email address you'll be proud to own at ReaganPrivacy.com. Your very own personal private email address is available to you at ReaganPrivacy.com. Get your Reagan email address now at reaganprivacy.com. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But Word FM and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769 to reserve yours. On the streets of Miami, speed is the law. So when a corn dog goes after the wrong girl, oh, heartburn. one man will bring her Tums Ultra Strength. I'm on my way. Don't get wrecked by heartburn. Nothing works faster than Tums. Your mustard's fast, but my Tums are faster. Oh. And with Tums on the go rules, it's never been easier to leave heartburn behind. You did it. Yeah. You gonna finish that corn dog? Tums Ultra Strength, available in a store near you. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, from local farmers to local leaders, Fellowship Foods delivers local sustainable groceries right to your doorstep. Now get $100 worth of fresh veggies, fruits, meat, eggs, coffee, cheese, and more from 75 local area farms for just 50 bucks. It doesn't get fresher than Fellowship Foods. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for coming along today for the Friday edition of The Ride Home. Richard Mile was with us. Richard is a former president of Fuller Theological Seminary, the author of Adventures and Evangelical Civility, A Lifelong Quest for Common Ground. Here to talk to us about the 4th of July and singing patriotic songs at worship in church. Richard, welcome back, sir. How are you today? Hey, good to talk to you, John. Always yeah. good. Yeah, good to talk Hi. to you, Richard. Okay, so, Hi, Kathy. yeah, now, yeah. Richard, John and I have a little divergence of background mm-hmm. on this issue. Yes. Because I have sung many a patriotic song in worship. I have sung zero patriotic songs. Okay, isn't that well, interesting? So, Richard is... I'm with you, Kathy. Okay, right. Okay, John is just clueless about this, so Uh-oh. it's just you and I. <laughs> right, no, clearly, clearly we're correct and he's wrong. <laughs> no, 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 I don't no, think no. so Actually, I don't think so. No. Okay, so, Richard, what's your church background? Uh, well, I was raised in, in the Reformed Church in America. My dad was a pastor, but he had had a fundamentalist conversion and had gone to a liberal seminary, so we maintained a very strong evangelical, mm. fundamentalist kind of uh, set-up network. I went to fundamentalist Bible camps and 
you know, I was in a group in high school called High School Born Againers, IBA. You know, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I know it well. Yes. Okay. Well, and I grew up PCUSA. Yes. But I grew up um, in a conservative evangelical church within the PCUSA. Okay. So, uh-huh. so it was normal. And I also grew up um, at Chautauqua Institution when I was a kid, which oh, is uh-huh. in southwestern New York. And yeah, I'm tell- I've spoken there a Okay, times, great. Well, yeah. then you, if you were ever there around the 4th of July, I mean, you, there was always the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Really? There yeah. was always America the Beautiful. There was, oh, yeah, yeah my country tis of thee. So, no, see, wait, yeah. I, I grew up Roman Catholic. Now, we're never singing any no. patriotic sim- no. hymns. No. Just not, yeah. yeah, it's just kind of weird. You know, Kathy, just I, I preached in a large uh, three-self church in Harbin in northern China mm. on Easter Sunday. They, they have 11,000 people wow. in, wow. in worship. And uh, it's a wonderful church. They have, they have a screen. They have a priest. <laughs> That's a big subject in itself. But... They had a choir come out. The women were wearing gowns, the uh, evening gowns. The men were wearing tuxedos. And this is the Hallelujah Church, it's called. On Easter Sunday morning, in Mandarin language, in China, they sang the battle hymn, the Republic. What? What? Well, Hallelujah. Yeah, it was the Hallelujah Church. In English? No, uh, no, they sang it in Chinese, but it was the same version that we sang. You know, you you slow up in the beauty of the <laughs> right. lilies. You know, it was it was just the way we had sung it in the high school <gasps> chorus. And you know, it struck me that that it, it just felt like such an American song. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, in the it just you know we've seen him in the watchfires of, of you know circling camps and all of that it's very much a civil war song and yet they were singing it as a song of uh, hallelujah <laughs> you know, mm. very interesting cross-cultural very experience. much so yeah okay so yeah. what did that what did that make you think well i th- i think there there are a couple of things well one is that many of these songs are really very american-centered songs now that well let's just stop there and say is that a bad thing no 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 uh, you know the it, I'm, it, the the word patriotism obviously comes from the word father. You know, we're singing about the fatherland or the motherland, if, if you want. And it's not a bad thing to love your own father and your mother. You know, when I was twelve years old, I sent my mother a, 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 a Mother's Day card. I still remember, and it said, "You're the greatest mother in, in the world." Well, she really wasn't. I mean, she was. I love her. She's a good mother. But she wasn't the greatest mother in the world, I'm sure. You know. uh, but there's a kind of hyperbole of, of of affection for our own parents. You feel mm. more, you feel differently about your own parents than you do other people's parents. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's not a bad thing to be have a special affection for your own country. Yes. <laughs> I think the danger is, my, my mother did not have bombs and and when she found out other people thought that their mother was the best mother in the world she didn't go up to go to war against them you know yes so there's always a danger when we're talking about our own country that affection can go beyond just affection for what i love because it nurtured me uh 
to an undue reverence and and even on occasion in history worship, you know, of the nation. And, and that that's just the it. danger, right? So, Richard, I'm I'm going to church to worship the the Lord of the universe. I'm yeah. going to worship Jesus, and I love my country, but I'm not going to church to worship the good old USA. And I don't see how the two meld together at a worship service. I just don't get it. Well, you know, John, you, if you are raised Catholic or you go to an Episcopal church, uh, there will be prayers for our president. Sure, sure. Well, when we when we sing, say, America the Beautiful, and I've got some questions about some of the imagery there, God bend thine every flaw, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Or God shed his grace yes. on me. I think that's a legitimate thing hmm. for us as American citizens to sing about our country. The problem is that most people aren't thinking about what they're saying. And so they're, they're celebrating uh, in, in a ways that I think aren't, in ways that aren't appropriate in a worship service. You know, when when the military marches in and they, you know, I, I, I was in a church where a, a military person carried the flag and in full military, military dress, including a gun. Mm. Uh, well, there's something weird. And, and you know what we sang during that service? Mm. Uh, a regular hymn. Tis not with swords, loud clashings, nor roll of staring drums, but deeds of love and mercy, the, the heavenly kingdom comes. You know? mm-hmm. Now, it would have been interesting for the minister to preach about that. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. <laughs> so uh, my big argument is I, I think we need to pay attention to the, the words. And, and um, you know, th- this is a, when, when we talk about God blessing America, uh, God will bless America only if we're willing also to say and mend our every flaw, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And so w- there has to be a spirit of repentance and a spirit of realizing that, there is a God who, as Abraham Lincoln pointed out, you know, both sides were under the judgment of God in the Civil War. Uh, God wasn't just on one side there. And uh, repentance is always important for a nation. If my people will humble themselves, you know, and repent, and we need to lead the way in that as Christians. Richard Mao is with us, former president of Fuller Theological Seminary and author of Adventures in Evangelical Civility, A Lifelong Quest for Common Ground. Okay, so let's go back to some subjects that you talked about in your book, which can we can link into this current conversation, which is that we're not a civil people right now with each other, especially in the public square. So what can, how does the church speak into that? And how do patriotic songs and worship fit into that? Or how does, uh, um, you know, preaching about politics from the pulpit fit into that? Yeah, well, thank you. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm I'm not a big fan of preaching about politics. Uh, I do think we we pray for our country, we, but to pray for our country is to pray that our country will do justice, that we'll heed the, the revealed will of God uh, that we as Christians can bring to bear on issues of public life. You know, I, I'm probably getting into a little troublesome territory here, but during the past week, I've, I've been thinking a lot about America the Beautiful. Mm, about the that song? Idea that there's going to come a time when life will be undimmed by human tears, you know, that God will wipe tears away. We've seen a lot of tears recently. 
of mothers and children on the borders, of separated families, and we ought to have, I think the church is a place where we can say as born-again Christians, Lord, wipe the tears away, mm-hmm. you know, and, and help us to do the right thing in these situations. Uh, and that, that's not to decide with one party or another. It's to really care about the, the tears that the Lord has promised to wipe away in the lives of his own people and, and even in the countries where his people live, you know. Yes. Uh, but but I do think that uh, so much of the incivility, uh, Kathy and John, is, is due to a spiritual problem today. And it's just a, an arrogance, an unwillingness to repent for ways in which we've mistreated people, mm. and uh, a willingness to listen to people, because we're, we're living in a pluralistic society, and we're not going to win all of the battles that we care about as Christians, but... Uh, we have to find a way of living together and creating an atmosphere in which we can we can invite people to consider the gospel and not not because we're imposing things on them. And uh, we haven't created an environment as evangelicals. Certainly, we haven't been creating an environment where people are saying, "Hey, teach us about this love that you have in your life. Where does that come from?" Because yes. we're not being very loving. You know, Richard, when an event happens that shakes the country up, whether it's, you know, another of the multitude of mass shootings or it's uh, you go back to September 11, 2001, when that happens, you see people mourn and in that mourning come together as a community. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's within us and it's not that far away from us. But we're just covered by our daily outrage, which fuels, you know, this yeah, and division I and, and hatred. I, I got to say, though, I think that we're in a different place than we were in '01 for sure. And I think if that happened again, I don't know if we would. I believe I, that it I, would. I, I doubt that we would bond together Rally? in the same way. I do. I do. I, no, I feel like I think there are things that are greater than us that no, make us I, who we are. I, yeah. Well, I agree with that too. But I don't have confidence that in America we would not stop pointing fingers at each other and say yeah. this is your fault, and they would say this is my fault. I hope that's not true. Yeah, I I, I, I'm, I hear that, and I worry about that, Cassie. Uh, like John, I hope it's not true, but I do think that we've seen a real shift since. The, the 9-11 thing where, where people, they wanted to go, you know, people who weren't even believers wanted to go to church, you know. And, uh, you know, people will often say, well, you know, the critics will say, yeah, well, for a while, you know, religion, they, they turned religious, but it soon faded away. But the real question is, why did they seek the, 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 the sacred places? Uh, why were they willing to listen to prayers and, and to be in places where people were praying? Yes. And, uh, I think we, as evangelicals, certainly have not done a good job over the last couple of decades in um, attracting people in there that the people who don't who don't agree with us, but who might have spiritual impulses that are awakened on those occasions, but they're not likely to come to us. Hmm. And I think that's a scary thing. So there's an opportunity if we would look at things a little differently. Yeah. We? Yeah. Well, Richard, thanks. It's always a great pleasure. Hey, Fourth uh, of July is coming up uh, next week. What are your plans? Well, you know, my, my wife and I are going to just kind of stay home and probably grill a couple of hamburgers. Okay, that's that good. sounds good. Yeah. Now, Richard, did John Hall invite you to his house? No. 
Sorry. I would love to come. For yeah, he didn't life. invite you. See, he I'd didn't. You, he Richard. didn't invite me either, and I think it's a problem. I do. <laughs> we have a little problems in the backyard, Richard. So maybe next hey, year. Yeah. <laughs> crown thy good. Crown thy good. <laughs> Blessings to both of you and you, you as too, well, Doctor Richard Mile. Uh, he is uh, the president of the Fuller, Them- Fuller Theological Seminary. Oh, heroes proved in. Liberating strife Who more than self Their country loved I've been in the uh, Kairos prison ministry for a little over 10 years now. Meet Dwight, longtime volunteer with Kairos Prison Ministry. A team of 20 to 24 men go in on the inside of the prison and spend three and a half days explaining the gospel of Jesus Christ. As I participated in the first weekend and I saw how men's lives were changed, it just became something I fell in love with. We present talks and meditations, and over the course of this time, they'll be in small groups, and they'll talk about what they've heard. I've seen guys that are just hardened. At the end of these three and a half days, they're totally transformed. They come away with a sense of hope, and they have something to live for. Nothing is impossible with God. I've seen it happen. Being part of Kairos is like having a front row seat to see God change lives right in front of you. And to be able to give the gift of hope to one of these incarcerated men, it's something that you'll never forget. Call 412-368-6691 to become a volunteer. Kairos Prison Ministry, 412-368-6691. This is Mike Howard for Word FM, here to tell you about an awesome opportunity to attend Teal College in nearby Greenville, Pennsylvania, for an extremely discounted investment without discounting the educational experience. More on that in a moment. Teal College was founded in 1866 as a co-educational institution in western Pennsylvania. Teal is an independent liberal arts college rooted in the Lutheran tradition, offering distinctive programs in the arts and humanities, social and natural sciences, and professional studies, together with engaging co-curricular and athletic opportunities. Teal College provides an accessible and inclusive learning environment that emphasizes service to society. Teal's residential campus offers a safe and supportive setting in which to grow and learn. Word FM is pleased to offer a tuition voucher to a brand new student at Teal College at half price. Yes, half price. That is almost $15,000 in savings. Call me today, Mike Howard, to find out more. 412-937-1500. That's 412-937-1500. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, 
Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Isn't crushing candy just boring? Play the hit puzzle game Best Fiends. It's sweeping the nation. Tired of matching candies? Give Best Fiends a try. It's fun, fresh, and addictive whether you play alone or with friends and family. Download Best Fiends for free in the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Mostly clear skies for tonight. It'll be a muggy night, low 66. Tomorrow, bright sunshine. Hot and steamy going up to 93 degrees. The record tomorrow is 96. Clear skies tomorrow night, warm and sticky, low 71. Sunday, mostly sunny, staying hot and humid with a high of 94 degrees. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, it's been a long time since we've done Free Stuff Friday. But we are in full bloom mm-hmm. on this free stuff mm-hmm. Friday. Mm-hmm. We get uh, two tickets to the uh, Washington Wild Things Faith Night, Family and uh, Family Fun Faith Night, July eighth. It's a Sunday night. Two tickets, and um, let's play a little trivia game, okay? I like trivia. All right. Uh, name the doctor played by Tom Baker, William Hartnell, and Patrick Troughton. Among others, name the doctor played by actors Tom Baker or William Hartnell and Patrick Troughton, among others. If you know the answer to that question, 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. We'll give you a pair of tickets to Family Faith Night for the Washington Wild Things, July 8th. It's a trapper, John. It is not. Darn that it. is not the right. T- no, no. Darn it. Remember Trapper John? Sure I do. Yeah. Who was the guy who played him? Bald guy with the beard. No, no. Do you remember him? Yeah, I can see him in my mind. I, I kind of like that name. show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was pretty little, but I, th- I think I liked that show. It was not Marcus Welby. Oh, it was not Marcus Welby. No. Okay. It was not. What's uh, what's the other uh, doctor? The medical center. Remember that show? Oh, medical center. Yeah. That seemed very, very oh, tense. That was. I don't like hospital shows. Neither do I. I don't like any of them. No. I didn't like ER. I didn't like ne- ER, House. No, neither do I. I didn't like uh, what was the um, Scrubs. I, I really oh, Scrubs is one funny. episode. I thought it was pretty funny. No, Scrubs but, is funny. But because it was a hospital show, I didn't really like it. Yeah, no, I liked. Scrubs. So I kind of pushed it aside. But like a serious hospital show, right? You know, I don't like any of the. Uh, what was the other one that had the surprise ending where the where the kid had imagined the whole thing? What? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Remember. Um, Ed Begley Jr. was in it? No. That was ER. Wasn't Ed Begley Jr. in ER? I didn't. Well, see, why am I talking about shows that I didn't watch? I don't know. I don't think I'm your authority. Yeah, well, listen, no one's called about the doctor. What? No one. No one. Not knows. a single person. Not a single person is no, called. Okay, ask the question again. Get, wait, we need our backup. We need our music, Mike. Well, that was that was worth it. <laughs> I like that was it. worth the wait. Name the doctor played by an actor who was either the actor Tom Baker, the actor William Hartnell, Patrick Troughton, among others. 
So all these actors played the, the same, same doctor. doctor. 800-320-8255. And I already told you, it's not Marcus Welby or Trapper John. No. So, I mean, gosh, it's a huge leap forward, isn't it? Yeah. The Ed Begley show, or the Ed Begley. Yeah. Was in St. Elsewhere. That's the oh, one. Oh, of course. That's the one that ended up, it was like after 18, okay, there after 18 seasons, it was a kid who had imagined the whole thing. What? Yeah. Ridiculous. Like Dallas. Okay, Mike, um, oh, see if th- somebody calls that was it. That wasn't, that was that a dream? That Dallas was a dream. was a dream. Right, right. JR shot, being shot was a dream. Exactly. That was a stupid show. Okay, Lyle, phones are all lit up. Uh, we got to take a break and all step right. away. That's because once we said again, it wasn't Marcus Welby. People yeah, were like, yeah. wait, yeah. Hey, we're going to the movies. Uh, unplugged movie review from Focus on the Family. Bob Wallaszewski will join us in a few minutes to inform us about our weekend viewing habits. 101.5 WORD. Hi, this is Dr. Tony Evans, and I am thrilled to be part of the 101.5 Word FM family. I want to get three incredible resources into your hands. We're giving away our three most requested messages of 2018 on MP3 download. It's yours for the asking. Just go to wordfm.com. Keyword, Tony. And don't forget, you can listen to me on The Alternative weekdays at 3 p.m. right here on 101.5 Word FM. He had a lot of social issues, a lot of sensory issues. His skin was too sensitive and he would scream and yell. Luke was struggling socially, struggling academically. It was really hard. It's terrifying and devastating because you want to help your child and you don't have the tools to do it yourself. I was desperate. I knew I had to give brain balance a try. It's a program that gets to the core of what is affecting the kid. There's no words to describe how exciting it is to find something that can help your kid when they're struggling like Luke was. It gave us a direction for Luke to take. And it's tailor-made for each kid. The changes we saw in Luke after brain balance were amazing. Practicing at home, it gave us a direction for Luke to take. Now he's able to express himself, and he's very confident now he feels successful. I would recommend brain balance to anyone. Help your child achieve success all summer long. Call brain balance today and get a jump start on your child's next school year. Make a real difference in the life of your child and your family. Call today, 724-390-9012. Imagine a politician saying this today. I have wondered at times what the Ten Commandments would have looked like if Moses had run them through the U.S. Congress. That is a quote from Ronald Reagan. He showed us through his life, his faith, and with his words that Judeo-Christian values and principles matter. You can help spread the legacy of Ronald Reagan, and you can do it by getting a Reagan email address. Right now, if you have a Gmail, AOL, Yahoo, or other big tech company email address, you help them market their service with every email you send. In return, they scan your emails and target you with unwanted advertising. Well, thanks to our sponsor, ReaganPrivacy.com, you can instead share the Reagan name with every email you send, and they won't scan your emails. They'll leave you alone. Get an email address you'll be proud to own at ReaganPrivacy.com. Your very own personal private email address is available to you at ReaganPrivacy.com. Get your Reagan Email address right now at ReaganPrivacy.com. It's summer travel time. So here's today's road trip tip. Fueled by Valero. Clean, quality fuel. On a long drive, keeping your younger passengers entertained is crucial. So be ready with activities like visual scavenger hunts or license plate games. Also prepare a diverse music and entertainment playlist. And make sure you have plenty of fun drinks and snacks. But maybe go easy on the sugar content. And along the way, find a convenient station at ValeroCleanGas.com. Valero helps your engine run cleaner, better.
better and longer. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, from local farmers to local leaders, Fellowship Foods delivers local sustainable groceries right to your doorstep. Now get $100 worth of fresh veggies, fruits, meat, eggs, coffee, cheese, and more from 75 local area farms for just 50 bucks. It doesn't get fresher than Fellowship Foods. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. Well, the 4th of July is coming up, and of course the weekend is here. So what's at the movies? Well, Bob Walaszewski joins us. Uh, Bob is a part of Focus on the Family's Plugged In Movie Reviews. Also, he is the director of Plugged In Online, which is visited about a million times each month by people looking for detailed, trustworthy information on today's entertainment. And Bob, always a pleasure, my friend. How are you? Hey, John and Kathy. Great to be back on the show. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Okay, so let's start with Incredibles 2. Is that a fine place to begin? Yeah. It was two weeks ago today the movie came out. $182 million opening weekend. Wow. Um, the prognosticians were saying maybe $120 million, uh, $60 million more than even the, probably the most optimistic folks out there. So it did very well. Nice. Um, of course, from my perspective, it doesn't matter how much it really makes. It really matters. What's the messages? Are they good for the family? Is it something you know people should go? And, and quite frankly, uh, Pixar films have been pretty good. And uh, this one, we gave a four out of five for family friendliness. And uh, it had uncharacteristically a little bit of mild profanity that Pixar doesn't typically give us, which I think most of us would have been very happy to have done without completely. Um, But I'll tell you, there was a great message that a true hero is one that stays at home with the kids. And, uh, I mean, we're focused on the family. You can't hardly get a better message than that. Now, it, in this movie, it was dad staying home with the kids, but you could imply that it would it would be anybody, the mom, you know, an aunt, grandma, whoever guardian might be, if they're staying home with the kids, that that's a hero. And I, yeah. and I totally agree. Excellent. Yeah, so we saw it opening weekend, Bob. We went to the drive-in. We were with a large group of friends, and everybody gave it a thumbs up. They thought The general consensus was good film, not as good as the original, but still mm-hmm. happy to see the Incredibles back. And not as good as Up. I mean, if you no, have to no. rate your favorite Pixar film, Up is just, it's the top of my list, no, no doubt. Yeah, but let's, this was wait, no but up, Bob. But it was, I'm sorry. Bob, let's be honest, though. Up is, I mean, I don't think I have sobbed in a film like I sobbed in Up. I mean, good <laughs> heavens. I mean, it is gorgeous, but it is also just completely gut-wrenching. The first mm-hmm. 20 minutes I thought I wouldn't live through. Yeah. No, and in the ending as well, when the, when uh, we find out that uh, anyway, I guess only somebody hasn't seen that won't spoil it. But yes, yeah, it's just it's it's it is an incredible film. And, and when it was coming out, I just remember thinking, an old guy with a bunch of balloons mm-hmm. and tied right. to his house, and it sails. I mean, I think Pixar has lost their mind. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> what they're thinking. I mean, it just doesn't look very good. Yes. And oh my, is it rose to the top of the pile and it stayed there. Yes, so. they proved their genius. Okay, Bob, so what's out there that you've been seeing that you think this is really an excellent film we should know about? Well, right now, it's actually kind of slim pickings. I mean, we, we've talked about the, the one that I like the most, 
Um, last weekend, the big film, of course, was Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made 150 million at the, and this is number five in the Jurassic series. So it's a little long in the tooth. No pun intended. Uh, maybe pun intended. <laughs> uh, it was not. It was a monster of a film. By the way, it had made 600 million internationally before it opened in the U.S. It opened internationally first. Sometimes it goes oh, the other really? way around. And uh, so it, 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 and that just goes to show whether it's uh, Fast and Furious and it's a bunch of cars getting, you know, going fast, or uh, or Jurassic anything. Uh, if it has to do with dinosaurs and chasing a bunch of people around internationally, people really like that. Yes. Um, it, it was kind of a, a weak plot line. Uh, the island Nublar, that island off of Costa Rica that's housed Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. the theme park, um, is is being inundated with lava flows a volcano threatens the dinosaurs and this time around um people decide well maybe we ought to move the dinosaurs to another island and it's in the course of that we find that some people involved in the rescue attempt have some nefarious schemes Hmm. and of course nefarious schemes and three-story high dinosaurs don't mix very well um Again, it wasn't the best plot in the world. It was kind of a, a you know paint by numbers in the Jurassic style. Um, but from a family perspective, I did feel that it got quite intense for especially for younger kids toward the end. Um, to use the word gruesome or gory is probably not the right adjectives, but I don't know what I'm trying to say without using those. Really, some is left to your imagination, but. For instance, if when two dinosaurs and you see half of a human in one dinosaur's mouth and the other half in the other, mm. and you didn't actually have to watch the blood and guts, you kind of fill in the gaps in your mind, you know, when you're watching a man's arm get uh, ripped off in a cage. You, you, even though you don't see everything, your mind fills in a lot of the gaps. So it does get pretty gruesome. Um, I'm not even sure that you, your average 12-year-old uh, is going to be happy with that much level of I violence. Um, but I want to make sure people knew. We gave it a two. Okay, so that's Jurassic Park. Bob Olaszewski is with us from Plugged In Online and Plugged In Movie Reviews from Focus on the Family. So, Bob, you're, you're speaking to a Pittsburgh audience. This is the hometown and the creation of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Have you seen the new Mr. Rogers film, Won't You Be My Neighbor? I absolutely have. And uh, what an inspiring individual mm. Fred Rogers was and this documentary portrayed him uh now he he came on the scene about the time i w- and this dates me it's, you kind of know how old i was um when he came on in 1968 um i was 12 years old so i was past the age where getting into uh mr rogers neighborhood would have been alike for myself right so I had to do a little catch-up in the documentary. And, in the, and, it, and by catching up, I came away very inspired. He really Here's why. He really loved people, and he especially loved kids. And he was not afraid to tackle big issues. This is what the documentary said. So when it was the assassination of, I believe, Robert Kennedy, I think because he came in after uh, John Kennedy, um, he did a show on it. Uh, death of a, an animal. He did a show on it. He'd actually retired uh, before 9-11, but after 9-11, he went back on the air to talk to kids about how to handle 9-11. Hmm. Um, so again, he wasn't afraid. He was, he was putting his foot uh, in a 
in a uh, pan of water with an African American uh, man mm-hmm. back in the 60s when we were going through the civil rights movement. So he helped break down some barriers um, because he just was so loving. And uh, again, I found it inspirational. If we were to rate this film, uh, we would have given it a four. Uh, why not a five if you're talking about a man like you know, Fred Rogers, wouldn't it be a perfect film? Yes. Well, it was a documentary about him, and as such, we also watched a few crude things, like a bare backside gag. Uh, we saw a Johnny Carson skit where Johnny Carson uh, brings a prostitute out of a closet, satirizing uh, Fred Rogers' show. And just a couple crude things that knocked it down. Now, it was not intended for kids. It was intended for adults who were kids and were raised on uh, Fred Rogers. I see. Okay. Won't you be my neighbor? Okay. So how about um, – Kath and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, the film uh, First Reformed, which uh, sort of had everything that I thought, you know, um, it had uh, – hoping, walking into it, that it was talking about Christianity. And there was, uh, you know, a lot of – if you were loving films, this film, you know, sort of was at the centerpiece of it all. And, and plus so, it had good acting. Yeah. Right, so, you know, well, well-rated actors, and it seemed like it was going to honestly portray a, a faith struggle and a faith struggle. Yeah, so that everybody yeah. has. Have you seen it? Because I saw it and I was kind of meh. Yeah, I did not see this one, um, but I, I I read my colleague's review of it. And uh, and by the way, if any of our listeners want more information on any film that's playing in the theater or even old 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 ones, they can simply go to pluggedin.com. Um, but one of the things that my takeaway reading my colleague's review was the fact that it just sounded depressing, as if I think it's Toller T O L L E R that yes, character yes, Toller exactly. that is is if his faith um, was not enough, and uh, and although faith was a prominent component of this film throughout, um, you know I just have to believe that. Uh, faith in Christ is always enough in any film. Now, you guys can argue with me because you both you both have seen it, or no, just I, one of just, you. Yeah, I've just seen it. Yeah, just John. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyways, it just seemed like when I when I my takeaway was, oh, that's not that's not the view of how faith. You know, you know, people that have a very vibrant faith is what I want to see portrayed. Yes. I don't mind seeing a character that struggles in their faith as long as there's at least one character who is absolutely gets it. Um, but apparently in this film... There wasn't. Uh, there wasn't. No. And that's disappointing to right. me. I mean, I was excited just because you see, you know, a major film, you know, a major director, Ethan Hawke, a major star, all those things together. I thought, well, this is going to conspire to be a great movie about the Christian faith. And it was just kind of something that was kind of hippie, trippy, a little weird, and it sort of fell apart for me. Now, uh, reading the reviews, people were saying, this is the best film of the year so far. So I went in with high expectations, and, uh, and I was disappointed. So that's just how it is in... Uh, the American uh, uh, movie uh, pantheon today, I guess. Well, uh, one thing I've learned being in the uh, entertainment review department of Focus on the Family, of course, we don't do just do movies. We do video games. We do music. We do television. But is that the faith community is all over the map when it comes to opinions. Yes. And, of course, you guys know that in Christian radio. I mean, you know, no matter what you do, you can't please 100%. No. And, and that, that's just the way it goes. And and uh, and so when it comes to uh, our take, we're just trying to equip. We try not to tell people to go or don't go. 
play this video game or don't play, you know, listen to this album or don't listen. We just want to say that there's probably not a whole lot of information out there for consumers if it's if it's going to a theater to to catch a movie or to buy a, a new album or a video game or watch a television show so we just try to fill in the gaps where if let's say on movies what you really have if you don't have something like plugged in is you have the mpaa rating well, what does that tell you not much you know, it's a, it's a pg-13 it's supposed to tell you that if you've reached your 13th birthday that it, all these films that get that rating should be perfectly acceptable. But yep. then I say, wait a minute, year one, yes, man, uh, think like a man, the other guys, the backup plan, Rock of Ages, superhero movie, Perks of Being a Wallflower, those are all PG-13 rated films. They weren't acceptable for a 13-year-old. They not. weren't acceptable for a 113-year-old. Yep, so they're all over the map. Hey, Bob, thanks an awful lot. We really appreciate the work that you do that Focus on the Family is leading the charge for quality reviews plugged in online you can find it pluggedin.com bob walaszewski from focus in the family thanks enough a lot it's a struggle doing life alone so why not join us at impact christian church impact is a group of imperfect people seeking to let god love us and love others through us your kids will love our high energy ministries geared to their needs Our upbeat, positive services and practical teaching will encourage and help you, and you'll find true significance as you join us in striving to make a difference in the lives of others. For more information, visit us at impactpittsburgh.com. Hi, Tom Bodette taking a break from binge-watching my favorite shows. I'm currently on season four of that show about the zombies who live in an English manor, or is it the one where the dragons join a biker gang? I can't really keep track anymore. Must need sleep. Luckily, Motel 6 has great rooms for great rates, so you can catch up on your sleep or use Wi-Fi to catch up on your shows. Oh, this is the one where Motel 6 leaves the light on for you. Sorry. Epic spoiler. Hey, man, free stuff Friday. Let's get some stuff away, okay? Yeah, I like it. How about uh, Idlewild tickets? How many you got? Four. Oh, a family four-pack? Okay, yep. very nice. Family four-pack Idlewild tickets available for the first person who answers this next trivia question okay. correctly. It's not really much of a trivia question. But we need our music. There you go. It's very tense music, Mike. I have a cake and a table named after me, and I'm used all around the world. What am I? Say again. I have a cake and a table named after me, and I am used all around the world. What am I? 800-320-8255. Do you know the answer to that little mind bender? 800-320-8255. I have a cake and a table named after me. Angel food. I'm used all around the world. What am I? That's not right. Nope. Give us a call, and we'll give you the family four-pack from Idlewild Park. All right. Boston cream? No. Want to take a phone call? See if anybody's got it right, Mike? Give us a pick up that phone and see, because that way I can give the answer, okay? Because I need to know the answer, because I don't don't have it. It's a cake? Yeah, I've got a cake and a table named after me. See if anybody's got the answer, okay? Right there, see? All right, Mike's got the. Uh... Anybody out there? It's Prantle's burnt almond tort. 
You got a winner? You got a winner. Okay. The answer is coffee. Oh, well, I thought it was like a guy's name. Coffee cake. Come on. Coffee table. I think that was, I don't know about that, John. Well, that's a good, that was a good one. That's pretty hard. It's not hard. I think it was. I was thinking it was like, like, I don't know. Phones lit up. Some famous chef or something. First caller. Got it right. Fine. Thank you so much. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. President Trump has offered a statement of support to journalists after a gunman fatally shot five people at the Capitol Gazette newspaper in Annapolis, Maryland. He said today at the White House that journalists, like all Americans, should be free from the fear of being violently attacked while doing their jobs. Court records filed today show Jared W. Ramos has been charged with five counts of first-degree murder in the killings inside Maryland's Capitol Gazette office. LeBron James informing the Cavaliers he's not exercising his $35.6 million option for next season. Two people familiar with the decision told the Associated Press the decision does not mean James is necessarily leaving the Cavs. He could resign with the Cavs or choose to join the Lakers to form a super team to compete with the champion Golden State Warriors. On Wall Street, the Dow ending down 55 to 24,271. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. This is Mike Howard for Word FM, here to tell you about an awesome opportunity to attend Teal College in nearby Greenville, Pennsylvania, for an extremely discounted investment without discounting the educational experience. More on that in a moment. Teal College was founded in 1866 as a co-educational institution in western Pennsylvania. Teal is an independent liberal arts college rooted in the Lutheran tradition, offering distinctive programs in the arts and humanities, social and natural sciences, and professional studies, together with engaging co-curricular and athletic opportunities. Teal College provides an accessible and inclusive learning environment that emphasizes service to society. Teal's residential campus offers a safe and supportive setting in which to grow and learn. Word FM is pleased to offer a tuition voucher to a brand new student at Teal College at half price. Yes, half price. That is almost $15,000 in savings. Call me today, Mike Howard, to find out more. 412-937-1500. That's 412-937-1500. Tired of working for everyone else? With Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Pittsburgh, you can be your own boss and own your own business. It's a common dream that too often goes unrealized. As owner of your own commercial cleaning franchise, you can finally take control of your future. Vanguard Cleaning Systems offers you a turnkey opportunity that takes you through everything step by step, from the initial setup, marketing, and even providing you with new customers. Even if you have no experience, Vanguard will equip you to succeed at your own pace. Vanguard's expertise is why they're consistently ranked as a top franchise in Entrepreneur Magazine. Isn't it time you stopped working for everyone else? Discover the daily joy of being your own boss. All it takes is an initial upfront investment as low as $5,000 that will quickly pay for itself with Vanguard's proven model of success. To start your own janitorial business or expand your current one, call Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Western PA, 724-870-4120. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. 
Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. This is Mark Helgerman of Trinity Jewelers. Like you, my family and I love uplifting music that honors and glorifies God. It's played a big part in our personal walk of faith. That's why I'm pleased to be a major sponsor of the music here on Word FM. Tune in for the best of today's Christian music, Saturdays from 12 to 10 and Sundays noon to 6. You can also register for our weekly Christian music CD giveaway. Just stop by our store on Mount Nebo Road during business hours. No purchase necessary. Hope to see you soon. Mostly clear skies for tonight. It'll be a muggy night, low 66. Tomorrow, bright sunshine, hot and steamy, going up to 93 degrees. The record tomorrow is 96. Clear skies tomorrow night, warm and sticky, low 71. Sunday, mostly sunny, staying hot and humid with a high of 94 degrees. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome along for the Friday edition I guess, you you know, you could say it's the 4th of July edition because the 4th of July next week. It's awkward, though. Well, it's awkward Wait, what because... If, what about we could make July 6th next Friday, the July 4th edition? No, then it's after the fact. Then you have, like, your potato salad is probably gone. Your burgers are gone. All that. It's, like, post-4th of July. Are you going to make potato salad? Actually, uh, my wife made potato salad um, uh, Wednesday. Did she put eggs in it? She did. And did she put green olives in it? Yes, and dill. I love that. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love dill in potato salad. I had it last night. How was it? It was excellent. Was it very cold? Very. Because it has Chilled. to be. Chilled. Chilled. It has to yeah. be. Speaking of my wife, she's a creation fest. Oh. Yeah. Great. So she's up um, there probably it's um, nearly flooded because of all the rain we had last week. Mm-hmm. And it's probably 100 degrees. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> She got up there yesterday. I knew it. And wore her mud boots because mm-hmm. it was, she said, they had a hard time getting into the campgrounds because the ground was so muddy. There was no traction in the vehicles. And then I, I talked to her this morning. I said, how is it? She goes, ooh, it's 9 o'clock and already it's super hot. So they're up there. But they're having a good time. Toby Mac was on stage last night. Oh, great. I said, send me a random photo. And they sent photos of Toby Mac. So That's Creation great. Fest underway. Good for her. Oh, she's a camper. She is a camper. She is really a stalwart. I, yeah, she and I are never, are never traveling together, I'll tell you that. <laughs> never traveling together, but I, I support her 100%. Thank you. John, may I be the first one yeah. to tell you? Tell me. Your weekend has begun. Woohoo! Six minutes past the five o'clock hour on a Friday afternoon. Truly all is right and well. Very mm-hmm. nice. Except in the Oakland District of Pittsburgh. Well, no, things have been made. Um, there have been... What? There's been some recompense paid. Well, I hope so. Yes. The University of Pittsburgh Board of Trustees moved today to end a, a chapter where Thomas Perrin Jr.'s name was removed from a campus building nearly after, after a half a century after it was added. So the Graduate School of Public Health sits on Fifth Avenue yeah. at the intersection of Fifth Avenue and DeSoto Street. It's a weird 
a sort of like 1960s man sculpture on the mm-hmm. front of the building, mm-hmm. right? Yes, I had many classes in that building. Did you? I did. Um, it's a very ugly building on the inside. Really? And it's not so great on the outside. No, Though, it's not. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it was a five years ago, they did some remodeling did. to the facade, and it is, is better. They it's ugly-ish, it. less. Um, and it might be better inside, uh, because I don't have classes there anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So the the, the concern was that uh, this man, Dr. Perrin, he, um, he was the um, Surgeon General. And for many, many years, he was the head of a project that infused African-American men, infected them with syphilis, and then withheld a cure. It's actually one of the most sickeningly appalling stories you will hear that has anything to do with the relationship between the U.S. government and its people. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's an absolutely it's crazy. wretched story. Right. And so it speaks to another time in American history. It speaks where, to sin is what it speaks to. <laughs> yeah, it does. Or it speaks to, to looking at African-Americans as less than, as though they were guinea pigs. Sin. Yeah. It's, 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 an, it's an appalling chapter. Um, Tuskegee syphilis experiments is what they were called. Right, right. In um, which treatment for syphilis was withheld from African-American men in Alabama long after penicillin was proven effective. Right, and then there was another companion study that was done in Guatemala. Yes. Okay, this was done – they were in it, – it's, like it's like a horror film. They're infected with this wretched disease against their will, and then even though a treatment was available, it was withheld from right. them. Right. All in the, uh, the guise sickening. of what? Medical experimentation. Yeah. Yeah. Medical studies. Yeah. Now, Dr. Perrin was U.S. Surgeon General from 1936 to 1948 and later founded the Public Health School at Pitt. He became its first dean and helped secure major funding for the department and for the university. Right. And then back in 1969, the trustees at Pitt voted to place Dr. Perrin's name on the complex. Right. Now, I'm sure that Dr. Perrin, as he came to the University of Pittsburgh and raised money for the, for the um, university, did a lot of fine work. But the work unto itself, the uh, Tuskegee syphilis, syphilis experiment. I'm sorry, it's disqualifying. It's a, yeah, of course it is. It's a huge black stain. Now, it's an interesting thing, though. His name was on this building for decades. Right. And I have to say, I mean, I saw it on – first of all, most people just call it the, the Graduate School of Public Health. Right. They don't call it Parent Hall. I never called it Parent Hall when I was there. Um, however, if you, if you would have said Parent Hall, I would have said, oh, yeah, that's Graduate School of Public Health. No idea who he was. Oh, okay. I had no idea. Right. I never knew he was a surgeon general. I certainly never knew any of this. Yeah. So in in the inside circle of the University of Pittsburgh, you know, this was known, but still he was honored. However, now the name is going to come down, uh, stripped away. There will be a new name. The committee of uh, and staff and faculty are going to look forward to to naming the building uh, something some other else. Future time. Yeah. Anything else. So it's ha- a good thing. I'm happy to say that the board's vote on taking the name down was unanimous. Yes, exactly. All right, so tell me about what's going on in the uh, Carnegie Library. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, so um, the Carnegie Library, of course, one of the most uh, famous, if not the famous library institutions in all of the United States, uh, got its start here, of course, uh, because of Andrew Carnegie and um, his change of – of of what a change heart. of heart yes and his I, I think probably his guilt um, his guilt and um, his need to change his public face and perhaps how people would remember him right. after his death now th- there's a man which we're all grateful for believe right me. because he was redeemed in some ways right how he treated his workers essentially uh, six days a week uh, twelve to sixteen hours a day uh, so horrible working conditions. 
Right. So to, Treated to change terribly that, by management. he started the Carnegie Library System. And here in Oakland, the Carnegie Library System for years had one of the finest collections of rare books that go back to the 1700s. The rare book room is a super cool room. Yeah. For those of us that have spent hours upon hours at the Carnegie Library Me, in Oakland. You. I mean, I just, I love that building. I love how it smells. I love how the, how the steps look, how the marble is, you know, worn down by millions of, of footsteps. In the, going. Yeah. I just, I love everything about the Carnegie Library, but the rare book room, you kind of felt like you were walking into, it was like a museum. Yeah, exactly. Except. So there was a theft of rare maps and books and prints from the rare book room. Now there's, you know, from time to time there's an inventory that's been done. And what they discovered that, um, since the 1990s, more than 300 items have been stolen in these last 25 years. Now the sad thing is that it took them this long to figure out that things were being stolen. Right. Now it looks as though that the owner of a, a, an Oakland bookseller has taken these items um, and tried to resell them. There's a man, his name is Gregory Piori, who was terminated from the library on June 28th, 2017. And he had a connection with the Rare Book Room. And another man, John Shulman, who owns Caliban Bookshop, right on South Craig Street. Mm-hmm. If you're, on, oh, if you're yeah. familiar with South sure. Craig, that bookstore has been there forever. Well, apparently this pipeline from the man who ran the rare book uh, library at the Carnegie Library and this man, John Schulman, who owns Caliban Books, there was a pipeline from the books, the rare book room to the Caliban Bookstore. And then, of course, Caliban Bookstore had a lot of people who were interested in rare books. And this Carnegie Library rare books room was essentially drained to the tune of $8.1 million in rare books and maps. Now, are you, wait, is the article saying, and you're reading from PG? Yes. Is the article in the PG saying that it was just two guys that were in on this? Yes. Two guys. Yes. John Schulman, who owns, co-owns Caliban Books, and George Piori, who was part of the rare book and map room at the library. Those two alone. 8.1 million Million dollars dollars. so now investigators have gone to caliban books they've done an inventory there they've gone to the caliban warehouse which is located somewhere in wilkinsburg they're looking at online records emails and things like that and they're digging down deep into this this community of people who are buying and selling rare books and it's it's a good thing because finally there'll be some some inventory taking and some attunement that's necessary. This, this I'm sure, is a criminal, a deep criminal offense. There'll be well, some jail it's $8 time. Eight million here. dollars. Yeah, of those items that were recovered, mathematical principles of natural philosophy, Isaac Newton, 1803, um, uh, many other, I mean, rare things, uh, just gigantic, thousands of books over this time. So, Caliban books. Whew. Wow. Yeah. Which is interesting because the article, and you'll see in the Post-Gazette if you go there, they're saying that they were generally lazy in how they categorized and how they allowed people to sign out these rare books. Well, they were they were lazy in the music room all the time. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to rip them off, you could. I mean, what, what they – I mean – 
look, libraries are what they are. They usually rely on just the goodness of the human no, heart, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, can you bef- imagine how much stuff all the was years, stolen? all the years I was growing up, there weren't the the beepers, you know, the no, little no. security things when you walk out the door. Just take them, right? And so people would always. Re- I mean. When there were CDs and back when there were albums yeah. in that in the music room, Just people were always lifting them. That's a shame. All right. Well, hopefully the uh, Carnegie Library is going to right the ship. Eight point one let's, million dollars. Let's take a field trip to go to the library. Let's go down there. Oh, I spent how many hours? Oh my like gosh. you as well, Mike. Have you ever been there? We're taking Mike. Honey, in here. Oh, you painted the ceiling. Yep. Blue. Feels so much less cooped up, right? I guess. What's the yellow paint for? Well, the floor needs a double line, otherwise it's chaos. Can you hand me that yield sign? It's hard to be without your bike, so do something easy and protect it with Progressive Motorcycle Insurance. With basic policies as low as $75 a year, you'll be back on the road in no time. Visit Progressive.com to quote today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New New music. New music from Rent Collective. Counting every blessing. I am counting every blessing. Danny Gokey, and if you ain't in it. And even then, by Micah Tyler. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. On the streets of Miami, speed is the law. So when a corn dog goes after the wrong girl. Oh, heartburn. One man will bring her Tums Ultra Strength. I'm on my way. Don't get wrecked by heartburn. Nothing works faster than Tums. Your mustard's fast, but my Tums are faster. And with Tums on the go rules, it's never been easier to leave heartburn behind. You did it. Yeah. You gonna finish that corn dog? Tums Ultra Strength, available in a store near you. It's time to drive into summer with a brand new Chevy from Calusi Chevrolet. Hi, this is Tun Chilkin. Did you know that the team at Calusi has been serving Pittsburgh for a hundred years? That's right. Since 1918, Calusi Chevrolet has been a trusted name you can depend on for great deals and great service. Whether you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, you need to check out their 100th anniversary sale going on right now. Calusi Chevrolet. Find them online at Calusi.com. Chevrolet. Find new roads. Have you had the experience of talking with individuals about Jesus Christ and have them miss it entirely because all they see is a surface issue. Chuck Swindoll helps you see the world and your faith more clearly. But now, Insight for Living faces a financial challenge that could impact your ability to hear Chuck. You can give back to the man in the ministry that have encouraged you for years. Log on to insight.org or call 800-772-8888. At Salem Media Group, we are looking for sales professionals with a rare blend of talent and skill to be a part of our community. First, you know beyond any doubt that sales is your thing. And while your current situation may not embody this ideal, you are still committed to the consultative process, a sales method that incorporates creativity and partnership deeply rooted in a matchmaker philosophy. Second, you truly are a fanatic about prospecting. You love the hunt. You think about new business all the time and always have your antennas up for leads that make sense. And third... You are what we at Salem Media Group call an appointment procurement professional. 
That's right. You're skilled and adept at gaining a face-to-face audience with key decision-makers to investigate win-win opportunities. If this threefold identity describes you, let's start a conversation. Call me, Mike Howard, General Sales Manager, 412-937-1500. This is Alistair Begg, and this summer, I'll be visiting many historic sites made famous over 500 years ago during the Reformation. I invite you to join me on this multi-city tour in Europe that includes a world-class cruise down the scenic Danube River. And along the way, we'll study the Bible together and discover what insights the early reformers gained from Scripture. Join me on this remarkable journey. The Reformation Tour and Viking River Cruise, July 31st through 12th with Alistair Begg. Details at wordfm.com. I don't know what's happened to us. I don't. I, I just. You mean you and me? No. Us? Yeah. I mean all of us in America. Just the whole thing. We can't talk about anything anymore. Well, no. I mean, so wait. So talk about. Wait. You, we were talking about this a little earlier, where people were asked. Oh yeah, their I saw impressions. this. Yeah, yeah. I saw this uh, survey today, and I can't pull it up right now because I don't have any uh, internet. In the general terms. But in general terms. It was a survey that was done where Republicans were asked about Democrats. And Democrats were asked about Republicans. And they were asked certain questions. Like one of the questions that Republicans were asked was, what is the percentage of Democrats in America who are atheists? Mm -hmm. Okay. Republicans were asked that question about Democrats. Right. And so Republicans answered something like 33% of Democrats are atheists. Yeah. The actual number is like six. Okay. Okay. So now, on the other hand, so Democrats were asked the question, how many Republicans are over the age of 65? Mm -hmm. Their response was something like 66%. (laughs) And the actual number. But the actual number is like 22. I see. Okay, so by the, the point time, is what the point is that we believe things about the other side that are com- just wrong. Yeah, completely false or distorted. Or if they if they have a grain of truth, they're distorted. Okay, mm-hmm. it, we have bought in to a media narrative about those guys. Those guys are the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Those guys are wild. They're out of control. Right. They hate America. And it's not and it's not helped because we have someone like Maxine Waters who is an elected leader of our country saying, "Look, you do whatever you can if you see anybody from the president's cabinet. You protest them, you bully them, you get them out of it." And then you have the president on the other side who's willing to demean any other leader on the other side of the aisle who comes out against him right. or some people on the on his own side of the aisle. So we're all guilty. We're all guilty. We're guilty in believing the very worst about the other right. side. So what has happened to civility in the public square? Well, we're happy to welcome back to the Word FM Airwaves the Honorable Paul J. McNulty. Paul is the ninth president of Grove City College. Prior to returning to his alma mater, Paul spent over 30 years in Washington, D.C. as an attorney in public service and private practice. In 2005, Paul McNulty was the United States Senate unanimously confirmed position of Deputy Attorney General, the second in command of the United States Department of Justice and the Chief Operating Officer of the Department's 100,000 employees. He also served from 2001 to 2005 as United States Attorney for the Eastern District of Virginia was a key leader in our nation's response to the terrorist attacks of September 11th. So he can speak very well about the muck and mire in D.C. And, Paul, we welcome you to the uh, to the Word FM show to uh, be part of the cleanup, which we hope is underway. 
Thank you, John. Uh, and it's good to talk to you and Kathy, even about such a difficult topic. Yes. Now, John's right. You were enmeshed in what uh, what happens inside the Beltway for years and years. My question for you is this. Is today this incivility worse than it was then? Yes. Yeah, when I mm. arrived in Washington in the early 80s, uh, things were definitely different in terms of the tone of the debate. And, you know, Ronald Reagan was shaking things up. Uh, he was a wonderful role model for how to um, express uh, difficult ideas in a way that um, brought people together. But, but shaking things up, and yet there was a certain uh, accepted standard for debate and civility. I worked in the House of Representatives for 11 years. I, I watched the change. What is occurring today is definitely different and worse from what mm. I saw when I began my career. So, Paul, what do you think's happened? How have things changed? Well, so much has changed. Um, I think, and, and someone who leads in the world of higher education now, I can't help but wonder how education, how higher education has contributed to this climate. Hmm. And by that I mean, I think that the role of higher education in particular is to prepare people for constructive citizenship. And over time, I think the atmosphere at higher ed has been more e- about either kind of this highly transactional, check the box, get your degree and have a party, or worse, kind of a harmful indoctrination, mm-hmm. preaching a new political orthodoxy of intolerance and, and really opposition to tra- traditional values. You hear things such as respect, courtesy, those are tools of the oppressor. They're designed to sustain a corrupt system of injustice. And so you've got a lot of people coming into the public square who have come out of that kind of uh, um, lack of citizenship training, and and I think they're more accepting of uh, the approach that mm-hmm. we're seeing today. Right. So there have been so many instances of incivility on college campuses. I mean, it's it's hard to detail them all. We just did a story looking back years later um, on the the yelling incident at Yale um, that that really I think was the first public picture of how ridiculously non conversational um, college students could be, and 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 how they shouted down to professors, and it was over the stupidity of some advice about Halloween costumes. Um, and But now, years later, I mean, that was five years ago, now we've seen all sorts of things that have happened, whether it was Charles Murray um, visiting, whether it was Ann Coulter at Berkeley, whatever it is, it, it, it seems like we have allowed college campuses to become a place where um, where conversation really isn't tolerated. It's only one perspective that's allowed. Now, we've also done some stories in the last couple of weeks about the Heterodox Academy, about uh, which is a collection of college professors that are saying, wait a minute, we're, we're standing against this. This isn't what the academy is supposed to be. Rolls now, that, that has to give you hope, Paul. Yes, it is encouraging that people are seeing the problem, and we don't want to you know, do what you actually um, described so well at the start of this discussion, that you know, make judgments about what's going on that aren't fair. But citizenship, at the end of the day, really is about selflessness. It's about seeing that virtue and self-governance means to sacrifice. And what is really occurring is this sense that you're the center of everything, telling students that how they feel, how they 
view things, that's all that matters. And so in that kind of climate, you're going to see um, unwillingness to hear others, to give them the benefit of the doubt, to consider what their place is in this shared experience we have together. And I think that goes to the sort of philosophy of our age as much as anything else. Yes. Now, Paul, uh, you're a father, so I'm sure you could speak to this, because Kath and I have talked about this recently. You know, we have teenage children, and so it seems as though teenage children reach a point where all of a sudden they become masters of the universe, and they a lot of kids feel as though they know everything, and that's how it's going to be. And, to, you know, that's for a lot of kids. And even if they don't know everything, they'll they act as though. And they understand everything. Right. They might not know all the facts, but they understand how the world works. And, of course, we all know that's really dangerous. I mean, there's a, you know, teenagers in some ways lack a measure of humility. Um, there is a difference between expressing an opinion and thinking that you're an expert on everything. Um how do you break that down? How does how does the because you know in a liberal institution like like Yale, that's not necessarily a negative thing. That may be a positive thing. Yeah, you know, John, when you both of you asked me this question. Uh, Kathy asked me about how things change. I remember in the '90s working on Capitol Hill and at the Department of Justice, watching how the media changed from reporting to actually soliciting ideas, and we had these. Um, large round tables mm-hmm. in the afternoon on CNN where everybody's opinion mattered. Yes. And I remember thinking at the time, this is not all that healthy for democracy just to say whatever my instinct or reaction to what's going on is really needs to be heard. Because, John, you put your finger on it. It's about humility. And, you know, at Grove City, what we're trying to do is help people understand what truth is and, and put themselves in the right perspective so that they don't feel as though every idea they have is automatically right. And then to learn how to be more intentional about thinking and expressing uh, oneself so that it's constructive and appropriate. And that just takes a lot of hard work, but it does start with uh, humility and and um, and seeing ideas as being beyond what, what you want or how you grasp them. I think social media has just really encouraged this because now it's all immediate response and the president's own behavior on twitter is you know a, a reminder of that regularly that it that that initial impressions are um given um are being pushed too much right now in the in the public square i'm glad you brought that up you know initial impressions because i i was really disturbed right after anthony kennedy announced his uh retirement a couple days ago chris matthews who's a uh, a news anchor um and a political junkie who has a show on msnbc i mean it was like within 15 minutes after that he was calling for democrats to stand up and this is going to be the fight of the century he said this is going to be like the spanish civil war and if it's not like that then there's a problem and i thought Good grief. I mean, this yeah. is what the choice of a Supreme Court justice is going to become. It's going One to become man. what? Like, like you know, Armageddon. A- alley warfare? Right. right. You know, it's just uh, really disturbing. And, it, and I don't know where it's going to take us if we don't back it off. The confusion, I think, right now is that with the president, people have kind of baked in the fact that he operates a certain way. And it, it and really, when, those who are objecting to his tone, I think, may be objecting to his the effectiveness of his policies as much as anything else. But that doesn't give us license to then forget about how we are really going to engage with one another. Um, I know it's difficult. I know it takes, you know, thoughtfulness and self-control. 
but it's our only choice. Yes. If, you know, the democracy is going to be able to be thriving and working well and unique in, in, in the world. Yes. And, and, you know, there's something about the echo chamber, right? That we're all sort of uh, lemmings in our own group. However, I believe this is really true. And I'm sure, Paul, you know this from all your decades in Washington, D.C. It's one thing to shake your fist at those, those people over there. But then when you sit down and you're across the table from someone and you're looking at them eye to eye, there's something about seeing God's creation, the humanity in all of us, our souls together. And it, it breaks down barriers. We can have a civil conversation when we yeah. are face to face. I mean, all you got to do is look at President Trump and Kim Jong Un and all that Twitter war that they were doing. But then they got together and they're shaking hands. They turn towards the camera. They look like two human beings who are going to try to work something out. There's something to be said about yeah, that. Yeah, that's very that's very good insight. I'll give one hopeful note to conclude. Twenty years ago this summer, I was the chief counsel for the Clinton impeachment process, and you talk about a time of of uh, confrontation and, um, and, and, and really um, uh, high political stakes. And I was the director of communications in that, so I was on Chris Matthews' show and others nightly, practically, debating the other side on that. And I found that when we committed ourselves to trying to be as civil as possible in all of that, and in all the backroom dealings that we were having going on, that we actually survived that process and we it was really stressful but we we got through it and in fact i formed lasting relationships with hmm. opponents democrats and all that that um, continued to be important to me um years later as i was deputy attorney general and so forth so washington can work um our country can work this is kind of part of our dna to engage appropriately with each other. I just think we need to step back right now and realize that we've let things get away mm-hmm. and, and we need to you know, do a course correction. I'm into that. Right. Okay. Last question for you. Um, how does the course become corrected? Well, I think what we're doing right now, calling things out, not accepting them as being okay, uh, is the first step in the process. And, um, and then from there, um, we also have to get back to the idea of what is a free society about? And I think there's been usually more talk on the idea of the role of virtue, self-governance to sustain a free society. I'm encouraged by the Supreme Court decisions um, in the last couple of weeks. I think that some of the hostility to religion has been called out, which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. And free speech has been reaffirmed, which is really helpful. And um, it may be really ty- uh, 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 difficult over the next few months as we go through another Supreme Court um, nomination and confirmation process, but I think we'll get through that. We'll probably get a very honorable person uh, involved in that, and and we'll be able to move forward. It'll, it'll be uh, acrimony, but I think we're all having the right conversation at this point. I agree. Well, Paul, thanks an awful lot. As the president of Grove City College and your leadership to infuse Christ-likeness in a new generation of children moving forward who hopefully will lead someday, we congratulate you for the, your, for that effort. I know it must be difficult as it is. It's a it's a large charge to think about this new generation and the great needs our country has yeah. and their hopes on and dreams for them. Yeah, thank you, John and Kathy, and thank and happy Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. We do have this week an opportunity to reflect on um, the most deliberative process that we have gone through and um, and how well 
uh, we were blessed in that, and that can be a, an encouragement to all of us. I'm into that. The Honorable Paul J. McNulty, the president of Grove City College. Information about Grove City at wordfm.com or on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Come into Lowe's for July 4th savings and give your favorite space a fresh new look, whether it's indoors or out on the deck. Get $10 to $40 off select paint, primer, and stain. Then invite some friends over to show off your handiwork. Don't forget to get the grill going with a two-pack of Kingsford charcoal, now only $9.88. All projects have a starting point. Start with Lowe's. Paint offer valid through 7-Eleven and via rebate. Kingsford offer valid through 7-4. See store for details. This is John Hall with some really cool news about MyPillow. Mike Lindell and MyPillow have set a world record for the largest pillow fight in history. It happened on May 18th as tens of thousands of people participated at Pulse Twin Cities, this big annual Christian music event in Minneapolis. The event was dedicated to giving hope to those who have been hurting or those who lost hope. Did you know that before finding faith and becoming a successful businessman, Mike was a former drug addict, but now he uses his story of success to drive others in a relationship with Jesus. You can check it out at MyPillow.com forward slash world record special. The event was a great success and Mike wants everyone to share in the excitement. So for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the standard MyPillow for the lowest price ever. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or call 1-800-961-9207. Again, call 1-800-961-9207, or go to MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. America, America, God shed His grace on me. And wow, hasn't the Lord blessed us here in America? Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and our family is just so thankful to live in this great country. So let's celebrate with a good old-fashioned chicken barbecue meal at the Springhouse. My brother Sam and his four boys will fire up the barbecue pit outside and cook long and slow the chicken quarters, dousing them every five minutes with our secret butter vinegar sauce. Keep cool inside the Springhouse Sun Porch and enjoy all our most popular family recipe sides to go with a barbecue chicken hot off the pit. Summer's a great time to top off this meal with a toasted almond fudge ball or a mud-covered dirt ball. Take a spin down our hillside slide and let the baby calves lick your fingers for a memory-making experience on the farm at the Springhouse. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. It's time to drive into summer with a brand new Chevy from Calusi Chevrolet. Hi, this is Tun Chilkin. Did you know that the team at Calusi has been serving Pittsburgh for a hundred years? That's right. Since 1918, Calusi Chevrolet has been a trusted name you can depend on for great deals and great service. Whether you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, you need to check out their 100th anniversary sale going on right now. Calusi Chevrolet. Find them online at Calusi.com. Chevrolet. Find new roads. Mostly clear skies for tonight. It'll be a muggy night, low 66. Tomorrow, bright sunshine, hot and steamy, going up to 93 degrees. The record tomorrow is 96. Clear skies tomorrow night, warm and sticky, low 71. Sunday, mostly sunny, staying hot and humid with a high of 94 degrees. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Yesterday's Wall Street Journal 
has a uh, story by Elizabeth Bernstein that I absolutely could not get enough of because you know what it's about, John? Hmm. It's about husbands and wives who fight over books. Over books? Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. When's the last time you had a fight with your husband over a book? Oh, uh, a week ago. What? Okay, now here's the thing. Not fighting over books like, do you like the book? Is it a bad book? Is yeah, it? A, yeah, is yeah. it? The, no, no. About what to do with all the books oh. in your house. <laughs> That's what the fights are over. <laughs> I've had that fight. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's so funny. so have That's funny many <laughs> others. Okay, the article says, books are deeply personal possessions. What is a formative or essential volume to one might be nothing but clutter to that person's oh, yeah. <laughs> spouse. Which books do you keep? Where do you store oh, my them? How do you organize them? How do you explain to a partner who has abandoned real books for an e-reader why you must keep all your physical copies? These dilemmas touch on control of space, but also on divergences between two minds. On top of all that, there's the problem of being embarrassed by the titles your spouse has on the shelf. Oh, really? Yeah, so it talks about like people who are really conservative, like they'll see that their partner doesn't want to give up their copy of, you know, the Marxist manifesto. Yeah. And they're Get like, rid of that. right, why do you why do you even have that? And the guy, well, I I I feel like we should have it. I feel like yeah. it's part of being an educated well, person. I, I don't want that in my ago. I don't want that in my house. Oh, come on, please. Yeah, uh, that's really interesting. So for years, we had this big bookcase right, right when you walk into our house. And occasionally, my wife would call those books Mm-mm, as mm-mm, though she was mm-mm. house cleaning. And I'd come home, and there'd be like one of the plastic tubs, you know, the storage tubs, and the lid would be off, and it would be filled with books. And I'd be like, what are you doing? What? Well, we don't need those anymore. We're just going to give those away. I'm like, no, I need those. What? She said, well, I haven't seen you read those, you know, recently. I, it doesn't really matter if I've read them in the past two years or 10 years. Mm-hmm. They're my okay. books. They're not oh, going anywhere. Okay, now listen. That's interesting. Now, the author of this article calls those influencers. Those the are core. the Those are the books that you feel have formed you. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so most people who are book lovers refuse to give those books away. I would never. I go back to those books. Sometimes I'll just stand in front of your bookcases. Yep, and just look at them. Of course. And then occasionally pull it out and read a passage Mm -hmm. or two. You know what I really love is when you pull an old book out and you find notes, like, you know, your notations or underlining or the page. I would like, in the front of the book, I would put like the page numbers of important uh, passages that I had to go back to. Oh, nice. And so now you can, like, 30 years later, can oh, go back and look at them I'll all. go back to page 97 and go, what? oh, that's interesting. I need to hear that again. I mean, you're not going to get that on an e-reader. No, you can't do that on no. an e-reader. Okay, so influencers. Those are the books that formed you. Okay, now here's another category. Sentimentals, which are books you are loyal to, even if you will never read them again, if you ever did. These include books someone you loved who is now gone gave you, mm-hmm. okay? Books that belong to your grandfather or another loved one who's now gone, and beloved books you read to your children. Oh. Right? And here, this woman wrote, no matter how bad, you could never part with them. So even if it's not a good book, if it has some kind of sentimental connection, you're still not getting I rid agree. of it. I agree. Yeah. Philip Roth died a few months ago. Yes. I went to my library and I looked at several of my Philip Roth novels that I absolutely adore. Now, my wife looks at those and goes, I don't particularly like Philip Roth, so we should get rid of those. He's dead anyway. You said, get your hands off my books. (laughs) Right. How about this? How about the books that 
I, I do this all the time, and my kids always resist it. I'll, I'll pull out a book, and, and I'll go, this book? You need to read this book. And they're like, nah, I don't think so. And I'm like, guys, this is a fabulous story. Like, okay, one of my favorite books, and I, it's not like, you know, high art, Carson McCullers, The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. I love that book. I, for some reason, that book, I have tried to get my wife to read it, my two sons to read it. They both go, meh. And I, I would give anything for them to read it okay. so we could talk about it. Okay, let me bring this up. Okay. How many listeners have tried to get us to read The Brothers K by James Duncan? Yeah, that's that's a necessary burden, I think, for us. <laughs> because there are, Is that it is. I, I, I'll, I'll point out the, the, the wisdom in this is that there are some books that, you know, how many books? There are many, 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 many books that you know that you are... Um, intellectually uh, short on having not read those. Yes, you feel badly about yourself that you have not read them yet. Right, but because of that and because I'm being pushed into it, like my sons, I kind of refuse to do it. I'm just going to show well, so my stubborn being, side. You're being recalcitrant. I am. Well, I didn't know you were being that. Just going to show. I it. thought maybe you were busy. No. Oh, so you're just now you're just digging your heels in. Yeah. However, well, that's a character flaw. <laughs> thank you for pointing that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to take a long. I'm going to take a, a road trip by myself here in a, in a couple of weeks. Okay. I'm kind of thinking about getting that you know book on audio. That's a great idea. You know, because I'm alone in the car by myself for the next. I got to be honest. I'm 25% of the way in. What? I am. I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want, first of all, I didn't want to brag about it because I'm so new to it, but it's the truth. Tell me when you're all done. Brothers don't get worried. James Duncan. When you come to Kennywood, you're part of the family. So make yourself at home. Help yourself to some tasty treats. Then climb aboard with the number one blue engine and steam into our newest attraction, Thomastown. Visit Thomas and friends at their new Kennywood home, coming soon. Kennywood, a Pittsburgh tradition for 120 years. Welcome to the family. Now save up to $20 on select days at Kennywood.com. It's a struggle doing life alone, so why not join us at Impact Christian Church? Impact is a group of imperfect people seeking to let God love us and love others through us. Your kids will love our high-energy ministries geared to their needs. Our upbeat, positive services and practical teaching will encourage and help you, and you'll find true significance as you join us in striving to make a difference in the lives of others. For more information, visit us at impactpittsburgh.com. From college choice to scholarships to internships, there's a lot riding on those SAT and ACT scores. I'm Christopher Rico, and at Tricycle Learning Company, I'll show you ways to increase those scores and maximize your college opportunities. I'll teach you how to approach the test by breaking it into its basic elements, showing you how to convert stress into motion, along with tips and tricks to get you through and improve your score. Move forward with Tricycle Learning. For individual or group sessions, visit tricyclelearning.com today. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Our next
next two segments, each with a giveaway, because today's Free Stuff Friday. Oh, very nice. Okay. Um, okay, so this first one. I've got a family five-pack yeah. for the Washington Wild Things game coming up July 8th. That's Faith and Family Night at the Washington Faith Wild Things. Family, uh, family five-pack for you. If you're the first person to answer this question correctly. This is kind of rough. The last two were pretty rough. What did A.E. Frick invent in 1887, which are now worn by millions of people worldwide. Say it again. What did A.E. Frick invent in 1887, which are now worn by millions of people worldwide? Hairnets. Call us if you know 800 8255 800-320-8255. Hairnets. <laughs> a lot of people wear them. <laughs> Actually, fewer than you wish would. When's the last time you wore a hairnet? I don't believe I've ever worn one. <laughs> but I'm sure I'm in the minority. <laughs> Anybody know? Anybody know the answer to that question? A.E. Frick. Yes. Not not of the Pittsburgh Fricks. Yes. Okay, someone's called. Just one, just one brave soul is called. A.E. Frick. Now, look, everyone's got their phones. I'm making it easy for you. Well, yeah, we're not, the I'm whole, making it easy. It's supposed to be implied that you don't use your phone. You just use the, the knowledge that you've accumulated in your own brain. To answer hairnets. A.E. <laughs> Frick. I thought, I thought it was. Uh, okay. Sorry, we had to go off the air for a second. All, all of a sudden, poor Mike is like, wait, I yeah, don't know the answer. Okay. All right. So mm-hmm. someone's, someone's on the phone there, Mike. Birkenstocks. Birkenstocks. No, no, no. Okay. No, and it would not be uh, – my first thought was Lederhosen. <laughs> <laughs> Millions of – hey, you got a winner? Okay. Someone knew. A.E. Frick in 1887, worn by millions of people worldwide. The correct answer is – Contact lenses. Very nice. Which is not as interesting as hairnets or Lederhosen. No, it's not. No. Could you imagine – the first contact lenses, what they were, would have been like? No. Remember when you could get hard lenses or oh, soft yeah, lenses? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I wore soft contact lenses for many years, and I could never imagine what a hard contact lens would feel like in your eye. Oh, my gosh. What felt bad, yeah. right? Yeah. People say you couldn't feel them. No, I, I had a friend who forever wore hard contact Did you ever lenses. wear contacts? Yeah, for many, 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 many years. Yeah. And then I got, um, um, what do you call it? You Conjunctivitis. Know. <laughs> no. Uh, you know. Sleepy. <laughs> no. When you, when you get older and your eyes, you know, uh, you know, you're, <laughs> I got old eye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that you know, uh, you know, you have to see no, up wait, close. Narcolepsy. Far, no, no. You know, you have to see up close and then far away, you know. Uh, oh, so you just became farsighted? I guess. Well, narcolepsy was much more exciting. <laughs> Narcolepsy. No, so then, then they, they, well, we have we have uh, contact lenses that'll, that'll work for you. No, they didn't work for me. Hmm. No. Well, so then I bad. just came. So you've never known me. I've always worn glasses. You've always worn glasses, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just, I don't mind glasses. Just sort of get used to it. Right. As long as I have my um, prescription sunglasses. Oh, yeah. Right, the Ray-Bans. Oh, yeah. Spare me. No, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm buying my glasses at Target and you're getting Ray-Bans. Because I. There's a problem. You here. wear contact lenses. So you could, you know, wear any sunglasses you want. I don't wear anything now. What you know? Oh, oh, that's right. Tell that story. Well, it's it's very strange. I, I wore contact lenses starting 
uh, in eighth grade. So I, how old are you in eighth grade? Like 13? Um, and then maybe, oh, it's been like seven years ago now. Um, I was having so many problems with my eyes. I couldn't figure out what, was go- what, I was, what was going on. And so I went to the uh, ophthalmologist and he said, well, uh, you have 20-20 vision. How can that be? That it happens to some people on their way from being nearsighted to being farsighted that they hit the sweet spot and they end up really? with twenty twenty vision again. But I have had twenty twenty vision for seven years. I'm That's not. Weird. I mean, I wore contacts my whole life. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I get this reprieve in the middle. Maybe the reprieve is based upon you getting braces in your forties. <sighs> right. I got braces when I turned forty. Okay. And maybe it it uh, right? as it was fixing my teeth, it fixed my eyes. God, that's what I think. I think it's good. What the heck? Right. Okay, we'll take a break. Are we going to give away something else Yeah, as well? we have more tickets to give away when we come Holy back. And we'll smokes. also talk about this day in history. The first generation Apple iPhone went on sale. When you're a kid, Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just your size, treats to tickle your taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch your heart. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soak Zone, because you love to see them smile. Right now, buy a season pass, just $59.99 online at idlewild.com. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323, 800-494-2323, or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials, or price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Isn't crushing candy just boring? Play the hit puzzle game Best Fiends. It's sweeping the nation. Tired of matching candies? Give Best Fiends a try. It's fun, fresh, and addictive whether you play alone or with friends and family. Download Best Fiends for free in the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement plan process no technical terms or calculations no product pushing just the information you need for retirement don't miss your retirement blueprint with kurt kenotic and ethan lane of accurate solutions group every saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 word fm i love these free stuff fridays can we do this every friday oh, we're giving away so much what, what happened? Like, like for a long time, we haven't given anything and away. And now we have all this stuff to give away. Holy okay, smokes. so what are we giving away now, John? Uh, now we're giving away uh, a five-pack of Pirate Tickets okay. versus the Mets, July 26th, sponsored by J&D Waterproofing. Thanks right. to those guys. Yeah, uh, five of you, uh, you and your four friends, go and check out the, the Pirates and the Mets July 26th, okay? Thank you to J&D Waterproofing for this. Um, So the first person who answers this question correctly. 
Which Scot founded the Presbyterian Church? Whoa. 800-320-8255 is the number to call. 800-320-8255. Which Scot, like Scottish, which Scot founded the Presbyterian oh, Church? Oh, I thought it was a person named Scott. No. Francis Scott Key, that's my guess. No, no. No? Scott Sickles. Eight. I think I went to high school with him. Scott Sickles. I think so. 800-320-8255. Phones are ringing. Which Scott founded the Presbyterian Church? Mm-hmm. Oh, phones went away. Okay. Scott McKnight? Uh-uh. He's a current writer. No? Which Scott founded the Presbyterian Church? George. 800-320-8255. George C. Francis Scott Key? No. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People are calling? Okay. Do we have a winner? Mike is talking right now. He looks very serious. Uh, no, we do not have a winner. Oh, no one's. Oh, people have uh, come up to the line, but mm-hmm. no one has given us. Oh, there's another. No, no, people are afraid. People are afraid. I understand. Okay. All right. So while they're being afraid, mm-hmm. and we are taking multiple phone calls, multiple phone calls at eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. On this day in history, John, yeah. June twenty ninth, the first generation Apple iPhone went on sale. Oh, what year do you think it was? Uh oh, we've got a winner. We have got a winner. No, oh wait, Mike said no. What'd you hold your finger up for? We can't hear you. No, I can't. I have no idea what no. you're saying. Sorry, Mike. Okay. <laughs> He's like miming to yeah, us he is. through the right. glass. It's not working, Which Mike. Scott founded Forget the. Forget it. Okay. Okay, so we have no. No one has. No one has. No. Oh no, someone's calling now. Okay. Okay. Uh, what year did the iPhone premiere? First uh, generation. Two thousand and six. Seven. Oh. You are so good at this. What? What? Oh my gosh! Two thousand and seven. Two thousand and seven. All right. I said this earlier in the show. I'm in the unenviable position, and just the the morally the morally un untenable. Yes, that's exactly the word. Thank you, John. Untenable position of having my daughter, both my daughters, with better iPhones than I have. Well, that's your problem because you're the mother. You got the phones. Well, I know, but I. I mean. So you have no one to blame but yourself. <laughs> okay, just want to tell you that you know that they're extenuating circumstances, John. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm mean, for okay. crying out loud. You should get your kids flip phones. Oh yeah, I'm going to get my kids flip phones. Hey, tough love. Do your kids have better phones than you? Uh, I don't think that they do. No, because their phones are probably two and a half years old. Well, yours is more than two and a half years old because we have the same one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, their phones are okay. I, I still, I like my phone. I don't. I'm done with my phone. Well, probably because my phone is uh, has been dying for the last six months, mm. and every day I feel like it's I'm losing more capacity in it. How about this? What if you did not use your? What if you? What if you gave up your phone? I've thought about this. I went back to a flip. Yeah. What if you just went back to a flip? How would we can it it's hard to even imagine doing our current job without a smartphone. Uh, people have been talk show hosts forever without smartphones. So right? do you want to try it? No. I'm just saying. Well, what if was we want me to try it but not you? Yeah. Do we have a winner, Mike? We do. Yes, we do okay. have a winner. So the uh, the answer to the question which Scott founded the Presbyterian Church? It was not Francis Scott Key or George C. Scott. It was John Knox, K N O X, John Knox, the Scottish pastor founded the Presbyterian Church. It was a little misleading. No, it wasn't. 
was not at all. It was it just was. a good, strong trivia question. I think it was a little tricky. Very nice. Thanks so, for joining us for Free Stuff Friday. Yeah, and for every day. Have a good weekend. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. This is Michael Medved for townhall.com. The retirement of Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy, a Reagan appointee, led Senate Democrats to make a ridiculous demand, insisting that the majority Republicans delay approval of any Trump nominee in case Democrats win control of the Senate and then can...